This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey, movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Monica. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm okay. I had a monster in my closet last night. <gasps> That's terrible. Did he scare you? No, he wasn't very good at his job. He should probably go back to college. Get that master's degree in scaring. Yes. But he's not going to be happy to hear that. <laughs> no. It was kind of an embarrassing situation for both of us. Oh, that's awkward. It was really awkward, yeah. This is episode number 55 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie Monsters University. If you're new to Cinema Fix, basically this is the show on Film Geek Radio devoted to in-depth discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies. And usually, each week we release an episode in two parts. We have a spoiler-free segment where we give some general thoughts and a spoiler-filled segment where we just really analyze what does and doesn't work about a movie. But we're doing things a little bit different this week. Sorry we're late with this episode. I was out of town because my brother got married, so blame him. <laughs> Hopefully this is the only time you can use that excuse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In two weeks it'll be like, no, my brother got married again. <laughs> I don't even know if paperwork travels that fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was out of town, and unfortunately we were not able to record. But we are back today. We are still going to talk about Monsters University. But instead of splitting it up into two segments like we normally do, we're just going to kind of keep it all in one episode. And we will be sure to let you know when we are about to talk spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, you can be sure to pause the podcast or turn it off. Or just go ahead and spoil yourself if that's the kind of person you are. That's what we're going to be doing for today from Monsters University. We will resume our regular episode format next week with The Lone Ranger. Dun, dun, dun! Which, Monica, you and I have both already seen, so we will probably have an episode out opening day of release. So. Ooh, that's special, Andrew. <laughs> yes, yes. We will be able to let you know whether or not Johnny Depp as a Native American is offensive or the greatest thing ever, or both. But uh, yeah, this week we're going to be talking about Monsters University. Monica, why don't you give our listeners a little information about the film? Sure. Instead of following in the route of a sequel, we're at a prequel for the Monsters, Inc. movie. We resume with Mike and Sully, and we find out how they become friends at Monsters University, their alma mater, and all the adventures that comes with fraternities in a monster's world. <laughs> that was nice and concise. I'm very impressed, Monica. I am impressed, too, because that was... I'm not reading anything. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We should do that. We should record it in the morning more often. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're firing on all cylinders right now. I had chocolate for breakfast, like a college student. <laughs> that explains it. That's why. All right. Well, before we give some general spoiler-free thoughts on the movie, here's a clip. Scariness is the true measure of a monster. If you're not scary, 
What kind of a monster are you? It's my job to make great students greater, not make mediocre students less mediocre. That is why at the end of the semester there will be a final exam. Fail that exam and you are out of the scaring program. So, I should hope you're all properly inspired. So Monica, before we talk about Monsters University, I have to ask, are you a fan of Monsters Inc? Yes. So much so that it justified me talking in Boo's voice, the little girl in the movie, for quite some time when I was like, I don't know, 13 or so, just to be annoying. Kitty! Kitty! Mike Wazowski! You know, that sort of thing. (laughs) My sister and I were obviously obsessed with the Pixar movies all throughout childhood, so Monsters, Inc. was no exception. I'm the same way. I think... It is It is quite possible, now this may be blasphemous to some people, but I think Monsters, Inc. could be my favorite Pixar movie. Yeah, that's kind of blasphemous, but that's okay. It's still, it's cute, it's cuddly, it's fluffy, it has John Goodman. <laughs> I think it has, like, the, the highest ratio of laughs to emotion. I think there's also, because it is sort of a workplace situation, there's a lot of comedy there for the adults as well. So I've seen it recently, and I still find myself laughing because it's beyond just, like, little kid jokes or so. I think the reason I love Monsters, Inc. so much is that it's one of the only Pixar movies where pretty much the entire world is their own invention. So -hmm. they can just go crazy. They can do whatever they want. They invent, not only did they invent all these awesome monsters and, and, and have cool monster designs. And the Harryhausen restaurant. <laughs> yeah, the Harryhausen restaurant. I mean, they, they also invented this whole universe powered by screams and like it yeah. has its own energy and its own weird kind of economy. Mm-hmm. And I really love how they handle that and they develop that and they play with it. In, in Monsters, Inc., and I was kind of nervous going into Monsters University, like, uh-oh, the, the past few Pixar movies have been good, but not necessarily great, Yeah. so what is Monsters University just going to be a cash grab? What did you think of Monsters University? Does it live up to Monsters, Inc.? Well, it's not as bad as the D- the Disney straight to DVDs movies, so thank goodness for that. But it's I didn't think it lived up to the first one. I was on board for maybe like the first half of the movie, and then somewhere along the line, like those laughs just stopped coming. Like you said, that there's constantly laughs in the first one. This one, I didn't get that feeling, and by the end of it, it was kind of like, well, that's all right. I was just kind of meh on it. You're wrong, Monica. You loved it? Uh, I don't know if I would say love, but it turned out to be a lot better than I was expecting. It is not as good as Monsters, Inc., but I did think it was extremely funny. So like four out of five stars or something? Probably, yeah. And it's one of the rare examples I've seen lately of a prequel that understands how to be a good prequel prequels aren't just supposed to be oh well you already know that a led to b so here's a 
Yeah. You know, they're supposed to, to add something to enrich your experience of the first film and how you look back on the first movie. And Monsters University actually did that a little bit. Yeah, they worked back from the characters that they had in Monsters, Inc. So, like, uh, in this one, Sully is a little bit more like a sort of jock figure in that he's sure of himself, but he's really flunking in college, and Mike Wazowski's very much the nerdy, like, book type. Right. Yeah, and then it develops, obviously, their friendship and how they got thrown together. I mean, in in, in the first movie, the Mike-Sully relationship is basically, you know, Sully's the scarer, and Mike is his coach, basically. And seeing the journey of how they got there actually changed how I viewed the character of Mike Wazowski Mm. in the first film. And I think I now have a greater appreciation for that overall arc than I did before. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, overall, I thought it was pretty great. The jokes work. The animation's fantastic. They've got such a talented voice cast here. I mean, Helen Mirren shows up. You you just just got a lot of great people. So overall, yeah, I would highly recommend Monsters University. Definitely, in my opinion, the best Pixar movie, at least since Toy Story 3. Oh, see, I liked Brave. I liked Brave, too. I liked Brave more than most people. Yeah. But I think Monsters University... uh, Well, here's another thing I like about Brave, because a lot lot of Pixar's movies are like buddy films or so. So they Mm -hmm. always have to play off of each other. For Brave... I didn't feel that much because it's a lot of, I mean, yes, it's her and her mother, but they weren't like supposed to be buddy, buddy as like say Ratatouille and Linguini, uh, Toy Story, obviously Woody and Buzz, Neat Finding Nemo, Marlon and Dory, Mike and Sully from Monsters, Inc. Right. Yeah. It's just like, it's a long list of either two people or a group of people that have to come together and work together. And I like, uh, I think Matt Singer was the one who pointed this out in IndieWire that it's a lot, it's almost like a parable for how Pixar functions is that these group of really talented people have to come together and work together. And so some, somehow that's like become part of their story mm-hmm. as well. That's a good point. I do think, however, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in spoilers. I do think that Monsters University mm-hmm. has some pretty radical themes for a kid's movie. Okay. That we don't usually see in family entertainment. Mm-hmm. And that I, I was kind of impressed that it went that route. Because even though in other ways, yes, it is familiar, it is similar to other Pixar movies, I do think thematically... It is an interesting step for Pixar. Okay. Well, let's go dive into spoilers because I also have, I guess I have one point that just like kind of caught me at the end that I just, I don't know what to do with. So we should talk. Okay. <laughs> okay. Any, anything else you want to say about Monsters University before we talk spoilers? I guess just at the end, it's, it's cute, but it's, I don't think it's going to be one of the hallmarks of the Pixar legacy. Do you think people should see it in theaters or, you know, how highly would you recommend it? I would not recommend it in 3D. That was absolutely useless. But otherwise, yeah, you can go take the kids 
I'm sure it's better than some of the other kids' movies possibly coming out. And I know Despicable Me 2 is on its way over, so enjoy it while you can. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you Monsters University will be better than Despicable Me 2. Yeah. But that could just be because I was not a big fan of the first Despicable Me. Yeah, it could be. But spoilers. Okay, I, I, I'll just say... Um, yeah, if, you, if you're like Pixar movies, go see Monsters University. I really liked it. See it in theaters, and it's really good. The end. The That's end. it. That's all I'm going to say. Until now. Yes. When we talk spoilers. All right. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. We're going to talk spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie and you don't want it to be ruined, uh, go away. Stop the podcast. Go watch the movie. Then come back, because we are going to talk about what happens. We're going to talk about the ending. We are going to spoil a lot of stuff for you. All right. Monica, what was the thing that happened at the end that you really wanted to talk about? Oh, just that, okay, so they didn't end up graduating, right? They get expelled. Okay, so sad. And then they realize that, oh, Monsters, Inc. is always hiring, and they start in the mailroom, and then they become janitors, and then they become cafeteria workers, and then they get their way onto the scare floor. I was just calling shenanigans on that upward mobility because it no longer exists in America. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that ending, Monica. That is such a 1980s thing, though. That doesn't exist anymore. It's okay. really, come on, we're both graduates with degrees, and we cannot, we cannot even get to a job without these credentials. I don't know. It's like, okay, now we're in make believe land. <laughs> I like the Monsters Universe because there's a lot of like crossover and like, oh, there's still a power plant that they have to power the city. Yes, it's by screams, but. I don't know. This one, I, I kind of, it ended the movie and I was already kind of lukewarm towards the end because it wasn't really funny towards the end. Um, it gets a little serious. And then it's this, oh, they get to the mailroom and then they get all the way up to their positions that they're in when you see them in the movie. And I was like, hmm. I was okay with that because it wasn't just like, here are some normal guys working their way all the way up. It was like, here are two really, really talented scarers who pretty much powered every little scream tube in the building mm -hmm. <laughs> there at the end. Here they are working their way up. And I was like, okay, I can buy that. Also, if they just figured out that adult screams apparently can blow the roof off of the building, they should have kind of tried to figure a way of trying to harness that, right? But adult screams are way harder to get. I guess. They're riskier because if the adults don't scare, you've exposed the monster world. Ah, okay. So that's too risky. I, it's okay. So it's like the nuclear fission of... It's yeah, the I, nuclear energy of the monster world is the adult screams. I it's guess, kind of but, dangerous. You risk exposing us to toxicity, but in the end, it's like a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of energy to be harnessed. I, I, I really liked the ending. The ending did not go where I was expecting. And I was thinking back and... What, that you thought they'd get back into college? That's only one part of it. Do, do okay. you do you remember enough about Monsters Inc? Like, is there a reference in there to them working their way up through the mailroom? Not. I feel like maybe there was, was, and I just forgot it, but I can't remember. I mean, I I saw Monsters Inc. sometime over I think Thanksgiving break when they played it like a hundred thousand times on ABC Family. Oh. One of those Pixar marathons. But I do not recall a mention to the mailroom. Okay, maybe maybe not. I will give them points for the return of Randall, though. Yay, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I liked how they 
developed him and sort of... It didn't make him totally evil from the get-go. And then you kind of feel bad for him. Right. What I liked about the ending to Monsters University is it just did not stop, really. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like twist after twist after twist. Honestly, there's the moment at the end of the scare games when Mike supposedly scares the kid. Yeah. And they win the competition. And I was like, really? Is this how it's going to end? Yeah. Because I honest, there was a part of me. They did convince me, sort of, that perhaps that was how the movie was going to end. Even though it didn't feel quite right and it didn't feel very satisfying, Mm -hmm. there was a part of my brain that was like, oh, maybe this is how they're going to end the movie. And then I was relieved when that wasn't the end, and they had the whole thing with Sully cheating. Yeah. And then they had the thing where they had to break into Monsters, Inc., and go into the human role, which I thought was awesome. And then when they still are kicked out of college, mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, this is not normal, okay? <laughs> like, the vast majority of kids' movies, either they would win the scare games and that would be the end of the movie, or now that they've basically given Monsters, Inc. enough energy to power the city for a year... <laughs> probably that would be enough to get them back into school and guarantee them a place at Monsters, mm-hmm. Inc. But no, that's still not enough. And that, to me, you know, you're talking about how unrealistic <laughs> the ending is. That seemed real to me. Yeah, because they've definitely broke many lo- rules along the way. So, yes. yeah, all right, expulsion. I was cu- I was okay with the expulsion part. But were you surprised that they ultimately were not readmitted? Yeah, I guess for a kid's movie, I was kind of surprised. Because it's always usually happy. Usually, usually. Pixar does get tragic sometimes, though. So I think this is this could be one of those moments. What's the, the final scene with Helen Mirren when, she, when they're about to get on the bus to leave campus and she kind of shows up and it's like, keep surprising me? Yeah. Was that after they had already broken into Monsters, Inc.? And- yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. And like, oh, well, It was after they already broke into Monsters, Inc., but it wasn't when they started working. When they started working, that was the very end. But it was after they had already got collected all the adult screams. The adult screams was in the door building, where they were building the doors on campus. It had nothing to do with Monsters, Inc. Uh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, keep your doors separate. But that had already happened, right, before that yeah. scene at the bus stop? Yeah, that's like the second to the last scene of the movie. Yeah, so then Helen Mirren shows up, and like in any normal kids movie, she'd be like, hey, you guys really surprised me, and you were awesome at getting these adult screams. You're back in the university. Yeah. But no, (laughs) that does not happen. She's just like, nope, you're still expelled, but keep surprising me. And I was just kind of like, whoa, that's twice now that Pixar has turned down the easy ending. Yeah. As a result, I I found the ending through the mailroom, I think, way more satisfying. Just because, thematically, it kind of flies in the face of most kids' movies. There's a lot of, like, Animal House references. There's um, the Rodney Dangerfield college movie that I can't remember right now. Back to School, I think it was. There's little references here and there to certain scenes. And so one of them, of course, is the dean that absolutely hates the main characters and is trying to get them expelled for everything. Right. But they won her over, right? They proved her wrong. So in most kids' movies, she'd be like, come back to school. Yeah. But no, rules are rules. Yeah. 
What would she say? My hands are tied or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the phrase she used. I was just, I was kind of blown away because the the, the opening scene of this movie is adorable. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> adorable, sad. <laughs> You've got little Mike Wazowski, who is a total outcast, has no friends, on his school trip to Monsters, Inc. Yeah. And just you seeing that moment when he decides, this is what I want to do with my life. It was so perfect. And then the rest of the movie is denying him that. Yeah. That's why the ending to me seems like so radical. Because at the end, he's forced to accept he is not a good scarer. And he probably never will that be. That is something, yeah, I did note for a kid's movie. That's something that's not often talked about. Because it's like, you know, sometimes you just can't be a celebrity. You can't just be a basketball star. You just can't, you know, be an awesome singer. Some people have certain talents for these things. Yes. I mean, the vast majority of kids' movies and family entertainment these days is very much about teaching kids, you know, this is America. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. You can be successful at whatever you want. And here along comes Monsters University, and it's like, uh, maybe not. Psych. (laughs) Right. Or or it's, it's basically saying you can do what you want, but it's, you, you might not get there the way you want to Mm. and also you may end up doing something a little bit different that you're better suited for there's always the mailroom that can still make you happy the movie isn't completely pessimistic like you'll never be able to be a scarer and you'll never be happy it's it's kind of like you will be happy but you could end up doing something different from what you originally anticipated. What does that mean for us film critics, Andrew? I, I don't even know. Let's not go there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now, now it became from dark lessons to tragedy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I was like, I was really impressed. And it really, like that that character arc for Mike of going from, I really want to be a scarer to having to accept the fact that he just can't have that, I thought was really well done. And it really changes how I view his character in Monsters, Inc. now, because it sort of makes the ending of Monsters, Inc. even better than it already was. Because, you know, a Monsters, Inc. ends with them discovering, oh, laughter is actually better than screams. And then that's how Mike is able to get in on the laugh floor now. Yeah, there's like one shot, one or two shots at the end of Monsters, Inc. of Mike, like, now being good at Mm -hmm. that and kind of taking over for Sully in some ways. And now, after seeing Monsters University, that seems like so much more exciting (laughs) to me. Like Mike did become the the best on the in in the building, you know. He (laughs) did become number one. It just wasn't what he thought, what he anticipated. Yeah. So it it it's weird because the movie found a strange way to kind of critique that sort of idealistic American dream of you can do whatever you want, Mm. but but also sort of reinforce it at the same time. 
if you take Monsters, Inc. into consideration. Yeah. That, come on, that's such a sweet ending. What is an ending? The uh, no, ending. no, the uh, Monsters, Inc. ending. Oh, it's a wonderful ending. It's pro- probably <laughs> yeah. my favorite ending of any Pixar movie. Yeah. But, yeah, now Monsters University has kind of made me appreciate it even more in a new way. Okay. Because Mike does get to be number one, just not number one scare. Yeah. So that was really interesting to me, how the movie was kind of like, well, you might not be able to get what you want, but you can discover your strengths, Mm -hmm. and ultimately you can be really good at something, and you can be really happy. What did you think of the the college campus, like, culture, and all the little spoofs they have in that? I liked it. I think you're right when you say the movie does kind of lag a little bit in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's just because... It feels a little bit derivative. Like, we've seen all this stuff before. Like, oh, here's the group of outcasts who are going to have to compete in the games and prove themselves. We've seen all that before. But what made it work for me is that, again, just because this world, this monster's world, it's like the the animators and the designers can just kind of go crazy. Mm -hmm. And all the design work was so interesting visually and just just like really really funny gags all around um so i yeah i actually really liked how they handled the the university and the the college campus sort of thing did it work for you it was interesting but like i guess what i love so much about the first monsters inc is that it had this grand old world and then it almost seems like we settled for a college bubble the scope just seemed so much more insulated than the first one. Okay, so you're saying you you wanted to see more like Monstropolis or whatever it's Maybe, called. Maybe, yeah. The city. Maybe so it just didn't look like we're restricted to one one spot and one spot only. Okay. I, you're right. Now that I think about it, I mean, yeah, most of – a lot of Monsters, Inc. was actually set in the company, but there was a there lot There were of... moments that you went outside, and they are, like, hiding out in their apartment and that sort of thing. And right. I, I also understand, though, like, if if someone goes to a college campus that's, like, the traditional college campus. I went to college that's in a city, so I didn't have that experience, as, uh, which is another thing that I kind of – I don't relate to this. But um, I've heard that, like, when people go to these college campuses, that's their bubble. That's all they exist in because there's nothing else around. <laughs> Sometimes, if, if they don't have a car. Yeah, and I mean, it didn't seem like any of the characters had a car. It was uh, that guy's mom that ended up driving them to see right. Monsters, Inc. That was great. That was cute. Uh, the uh, I'm just going to listen to my tunes. And then she turns it on, and it's Scream Death Metal. <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. Uh, there were lots of little moments like that. Yeah. I was just like, you go, Pixar. You you just, you nailed yeah. it. They're still there. Like, I don't, I don't doubt their writing. I just, I guess because they've given me such a high standard for what I should expect from them, that I want it to be so much better. <laughs> that or just my 20s on a whole is just going to be set up for disappointment. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Monsters University on the whole really worked for me and, and kind of gave me hope. Like, oh yeah, Pixar's still here. They're, yeah. they, they, they still got the same old people turning out good material. Yeah, overall, I just really loved the world. Um, going back to what you said about the car, though... Wasn't there like a little short on the Monsters Inc. DVD all about Mike getting a car? Uh, I don't know. I don't have the DVD. I want to say that there's Mike's like <laughs> like Mike's new car or something. Yeah, I, yeah. I think there's like a little short film mm-hmm. all about 
Mike getting a car. So maybe that is what people in this universe need to sort of get out of their bubble. They need better public transportation. Okay. That's <laughs> Maybe true. that'll help. I know that is the, the friends of all students. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Monica, I would be more than happy to watch another sequel to Monsters, Inc. Okay. okay. If they want to get into that <laughs> and they want to really explore the world more. Well, okay. So they're doing planes and apparently, are they doing Cars 3? Is that a thing yet? I don't know. Let's not even talk about cars. That's depressing. Well, th- see, that's my issue is that they're continuing on the, on the franchise, I guess, that people want to see the least of or the less amount of. And Well, God, kids kids want to see some oh, new yeah. cars. So kids do, but I don't – I mean, cars came in during a time before Disney had bought the Marvel catalog. So that mm-hmm. was all they had in their boy section because they have little – cousins and stuff like that and of course we get them disney everything it's just it's like a florida thing and probably everywhere else but all your options for boys t-shirts were like cars and like mickey mouse so now they got the marvel universe and now they have star wars i just went there recently um a couple weeks ago to the big like downtown disney store and they have so many more options than what it just used to be like, I know why they're building so much into that franchise. It was really the only way they were connecting with boys. Because for girls, we had princesses. We had all the princesses. And that was it. I mean, I know that the Cars does really, really well for young kids. Yeah. So I don't begrudge them too much for continuing it. Even though, it's, in my opinion, it's the worst Pixar property. Well, here's here's my whole explanation for that. Like, I understand why they were investing so much in it, but now that I, they have these other catalogs and other ways to make the merchandising money off of it, and they right. are making new Star Wars, and obviously the Marvel Universe is exploding all over every summer, I don't see the need for them to keep throwing this at us. You're talking about Disney, Disney as a whole. Yeah, Disney yeah. as a whole. They are a business, and they got all these different portfolios going. Well, I got to say, Monica... You know, as much as I would like for Pixar to keep just doing original movies mm-hmm. and avoid doing prequels and sequels. They don't do that out of sequels. Like, let's look at Toy Story 3. I know. I, again, yeah, their sequels, with the exception of Cars 2, their sequels aren't bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think, personally, I kind of feel like. Do we, uh, do we really need to find Nemo 2? Uh, I don't really know. Yeah. With that said, I think I would probably be completely happy if they were just like, yes, we're going to keep doing car sequels to make money, and for our other properties, we're only going to do sequels for Monsters, Inc. Okay, now you're, now you're nitpicky. <laughs> I'm sure there's some people out there that want to see an Incredibles 2. Yeah. I know my sister is pro- probably happy for... Um, Finding Nemo too. That was her favorite. Right, and and it's and who knows? It's possible that Finding Nemo two will be incredible and Wally. Really great. I don't know, think it's going to happen, but I don't. Know. <laughs> I just think I I just love the Monsters Inc. world so much, and it's such a unique universe that they've created, and I just want them to keep exploring it, like you said, and and, okay. and showing different parts of the city. <laughs> the next episode is when Mike and Sully are in the retirement home. <laughs> Oh, I would love it. Let's do it. Yes, because then you could keep you could get back to those themes of oh, have you achieved all your goals in life? Ooh, you know? That's a really deep. That can go into like up territory. Yes. 
yes, okay? I mean... Does Sully ever find love? <laughs> I don't know. I... Is he going to be a bachelor forever? <laughs> You're, you're just throwing out these great ideas here. Okay, so that's our sequel, prequel, or remake one. Oh, yeah, if we're going to do reboot this. <laughs> I mean, we're doing it right now. <laughs> I think that Monsters, Inc., it is the most creatively rich world that Pixar has created. And it's also thematically rich just because it touches on all those things of friendship and goals and what you want to achieve. And if you're satisfied and happy, I would be perfectly happy if they continued to play in that world. Yeah. That's just me. I know you didn't care for Monsters University as much as I did. I don't know. I just, I just wanted more. I know I'm going to be so hard to please from now on. You are. I was just thinking, I think, um, is Pixar the one that's behind? There, there's a movie that Disney, one of the branches of Disney is trying to do that's based on La Dia de los Muertos, um, Day of the Dead, and they tried incorporating, trademarking the name. And a lot of activists took to online and actually fought them for it. I heard about that. I don't know if it was Pixar. But yeah, because, I mean, it was it was kind of offensive. <laughs> That's well, yeah. a holiday they tried trademarking. You can't do that. Yeah, it would be like, oh, you're no longer allowed to use Christmas yeah. in your movie. Guys. Sorry, Shane Black. <laughs> Find another holiday. Okay, so the the next two ones that we're in store for is The Good Dinosaur. What? Pixar's doing a dinosaur movie? Yeah. Forget everything I said. This is going to be the best thing ever. Yeah, it's scheduled for next summer. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. The guy who's heading the story was the guy who directed La Luna, which was that really cute short that was Oscar-nominated about the little boy uh, and the oh, movie yeah. stars. And then obviously Finding Dory, and uh, then the other, yeah, they were the one that they're trying to do Dia de los Muertos, and we shall see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I'm okay with them not doing another Monsters, Inc. movie, if it's going to be a dinosaur movie. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see what they'll do with the dinosaur movie. See? Okay, they're going back on original. I'm okay with this. All right. Anything else you want to say about... Monsters University before we do reboot this. We already kind of did reboot this. Okay. Not good enough, Monica. Pixar is listening. They need to know what we want. Okay. okay. No, I'm good. Let's go. All right. Let's do reboot this. This is the part of the show where we pitch either a prequel, sequel, or remake to the movie we just discussed because everything has to be a franchise these days. Monica, Pixar came to you and was like, you're now in charge of the Monsters, Inc. franchise. What do we do next? What would you do? Sequel. Mike and Sully have kids. Whoa. Full circle. You're really uh, using this new DOMA announcement to <laughs> advantage. Oh, I didn't even mean for them specifically <laughs> to have kids because oh, Mike okay. is with Celia. I didn't forget her. I loved her character with a Medusa. I forgot he, he he had a girlfriend in Monster Sync. Yeah, that's why he was in Restaurant Harryhausen's. <laughs> so Mike and Cecilia, they have kids, and Sully's like the cool uncle that hangs around. Could be, yeah. Or maybe he finds love. We can work that out. Okay. Or maybe that's his. Maybe that's his thing. All his friends have kids, and then he's the last. He's the last one who doesn't have kids. Oh. This was this is a good idea, Monica, because now it can get into thematic territory of how is Mike going to raise his kids? 
you know, is he going to let them follow their dreams or is he going to be like, no, you have to be a scarer. Yeah. Like Dad and Sully. Yep. So, hmm. Okay. Could be all sorts of interesting things. I don't think they, uh, what was, uh, shoot, I'm totally, I forgot it because it was such a horrible movie, but the one that dealt with, like, the Universal Monsters, Dracula, uh, the werewolf, and Frankenstein that was put out by, I think, Sony Animation Studio? Hotel Transylvania? Yeah, it had to deal with families and stuff like that, and it just it wasn't very good. So, <laughs> I think we should have a real monsters family. I like that idea. Yeah. I, I think I think that could work. That could work. There we go. What was your be? I don't know. I really like your idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be interesting if they kind of continued on this idea of now the city is powered with laughter. I don't know. It would be kind of weird, but sort of interesting if maybe they were having an energy crisis because they were discovering that people were becoming harder to amuse. <gasps> That is so cynical. <laughs> uh, yeah, but okay, but like, what if it's like they're, what if they, they could like tie it to real world events? Like, oh, there's all this crazy stuff going on with the war on terror and an economic recession, and people just people are sad. People don't scare anymore because they're they, they, texting they, at night. <laughs> you can't scare them. They don't laugh as much because they're all sad. <laughs> yours is awful. I don't like yours at all. <laughs> this is not a kid's movie. But they, okay, but then they would be forced to deal with, okay, how do we overcome this energy crisis? Self-sustaining green energy? Is that what you're saying? What if we've reached peak laughter? If we've reached peak laughter, that is the saddest thing I think I've ever heard of. <laughs> I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> then they could get into in, like interesting energy stuff where they're trying to find like new forms of energy that they can use. Okay, what if it ended with the monster world and the human world finally officially meeting? What, so like the big reveal of Iron Man at the end? Sort of. <laughs> Just press conference that. Like, what if it's about how the monster world finally reveals itself to the human world and whether or not that is going to ruin the universe well, we sure can't share our helpful energy tips because we are severely lacking in them. But what if they, what if uh, the monster world cooperates with the human world to solve their mutual problems? Mm. Like the monster world is like, we can cheer you up. And in exchange, we can give you jobs and help your economy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking to you in the mornings anymore. <laughs> Do you wake up this depressed usually? Give us your laughter, we'll give you jobs. No. No. No? I'll try not to cry in the shower now. Okay, well then we can stick with your idea about yes. raising the kids. the cute little kids! That means little fluffy babies! Come on! Combine them! You can combine them where the, now the new generation has to figure out how are we going to deal with this energy crisis. I want fluffy baby Sully. You're not thinking of the merchandising here, okay? Here's, here, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking little baby Mike Wazowski in, like, a Beast of the Southern Wild type situation. <laughs> what is your Beast of the Southern Wild issue? <laughs> There's been some big catastrophe, some economic or environmental catastrophe, and now it's up to Mike to train his children on how to survive. This depresses me to no end. No, I'm going to say no. 
Go home, Andrew. You are drunk. <laughs> oh, man. You don't like my idea? I think I am going to start drinking. Okay, yes. All right. I think it would help. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for our episode on Monsters University here on Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune in to our next episode when we will be discussing The Lone Ranger. Hi-ho, Silver. Yeah, speaking of things that will forever depress me. Oh, spoiler. We'll get there. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you liked this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the show. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including The Thin Place and Let's Get Real. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me online on Twitter and Tumblr at mcastimovies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I movies. They can also find my work reposted on the Boston Online Film Critics Association website at bofca.com. You can find some of my writing at filmgeekradio.com and moviemezzanine.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. That'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week getting high on cinema and then scaring the crap out of your kids. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!